Welcome to the Chad Cargill ACT Test Prep Podcast, coming to you from the Ollie Ray Ranch in Choctaw, Oklahoma. This is the podcast to help you increase ACT scores, qualify for college, and win those much-needed scholarships. We'll talk colleges, careers, and most of all, test-taking strategies and tips. Well, I am coming to you from the Ollie Ray Ranch, and I was going to do several episodes up in Nebraska. I had some great plans for using clips from my workshops up there as we had them uh, had one of them recorded and then the audio clips just didn't sound quite right and so I decided to wait till I got back and do these with my regular mic and so we're going to talk through something that a lot of students don't really know how to use and today that is the dash and a lot of students pick it if it looks good and so today we're going to learn how to use this we'll talk through examples and hopefully you'll have a really good understanding coming out of this. Nebraska, we had great workshops, did four classes up there. It was an awesome week. Man, it was weird though, because with that snowstorm they had, the ice, they had the highway shut down all the way in Kearney. I mean, it was shut down the whole west side. And I had hours I had to go west of Kearney. And so I, I go up and take the alternate route and then they have barricades on all the alternate routes saying local traffic only. And anyway, I had to get to my hotel. So I kept going around the barricade. So the next morning I've got to get to Hershey. It's another 15 minutes that way west of North Platte where I was staying. And I come to the first barricade and I'm like, oh my gosh, they've still got this shut down. So I'm like, well, I'm about to go around this thing again. And then the cop pulls up. And so I go around the barricade and yes, he turns and gets right on my tail and follows me. And we get all the way to the next town. He still hadn't pulled me over and there's another barricade. So I'm like, well, here goes nothing. So I brown that one. Yes, he does too. Right on my tail. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, here I am with these Oklahoma plates. I'm about to go to jail. And I'm like, I've got to get to Hershey to teach today. And so anyway, yes, he did not pull me over and I made it and we had amazing classes. So anyway, thank goodness I am not uh, coming to you from a Nebraska jail. Uh, this is uh, anyway, no, back home and ready to give you some great information. So two nights ago, my daughter Carly, uh, she is my little uh, Ugandan daughter. Um, she is in third grade, and I hear her upstairs practicing on her recorder. And, you know, it's the little, uh, you know, I don't know. It's what everyone starts with, it seems like, uh, when they get into music. And she's playing this recorder, and frankly, it is awful. And she has, I don't know what she's up there trying to do, but it is not really music and I'm just not sure. So finally, after a while, she comes down to me with her recorder and her music book. And she says, Daddy, do you think you could help me with this? And I'm like, well, sure, sweetheart. I'd love to help you. What are you trying to do? And she says, I'm trying to play this song. And it was Mary Had a Little Lamb. And I look at it and it's the notes so it's like regular music notes. It's not written out what to play or whatever. And I said, okay, well, let me watch you try to play it. Yeah, she had no idea what she was doing. She didn't know the fingering. She didn't know what the notes were. Uh, luckily, she did kind of know what a quarter note was. And uh, so that was at least positive. But I'm like, yeah, you're not going to get anywhere with this. And so I start with the very basics you know, here's B, that's what this line is, and that's an A, and that's a G, and so this is one finger for B, two for A, three for G, and, and so then I have her sing it to me, B, A, G, B, A, G, and we start stepping through the process of it, 
And she's like, oh, okay, well, that's what that means. And so then I'm having her do the counts. One, two, three, four, one. And so we start counting through. And eventually we start making a little bit of progress. Here's the point of that analogy. She had no chance of ever figuring out anything because she didn't know the basics. She had just started. It was her first or second day, but she's mad she can't play the song. And so I've used in the past the analogy, you got to have eggs to make an omelet. Some don't have the eggs. There was no way she could have been a chef that day and created an omelet. She didn't have the eggs. And so that is what I'm going to attempt to do today with the dash. A lot of us just flat out don't know how to use this. And then it's on ACTs and we're missing it and we get frustrated and we start saying, well, I'm a bad test taker. Now you can go back and listen to podcast episode number seven podcast.chadkrogel.com forward slash seven. And I tell you, this is the number one question I get. I'm a bad test taker. Help me. Well, when I get the bad test taker question, my first response is always tell me the equation of a circle. And never one time in 29 years has a bad test taker said, Mr. Cargill, I just told you I study for the HD all the time. Of course I know that. It's X minus H squared plus Y minus K squared equals radius squared where HK center point R is radius. Of course I know it, but I still miss it. I'm a bad test taker. Help me. It's never happened. The student doesn't know it. And that's what happens a lot of times with Dash. We just don't know how to use this. So the eggs and omelets definitely applies here. And I always end my English section when I teach in the workshop. I, I like to end the English section with this. I say, listen, there's nothing magical about coming to my workshop. Listening to me speak does not raise ACT scores. It's what you do after today that can make a difference. And I tell them, you're going to see a dash. And I say, if you look at the dash and you, you, you're able to say, does this mark an abrupt shift in sentence structure thought? Is it like a strong comma? You are dangerous. If you cannot do that, I've got to pray to God you become a great guesser. That prayer will not be answered. So let's talk through the dash and let's try to figure out how to use this. And I will give some examples as well. All right. So the two key things I just said them, we want to make sure we know is that we use the dash or a pair of dashes to show an abrupt shift of thought or dramatic effect to set off an introductory list, series, or that whatever that great thought might be. Uh, it, it can A dash is considered or could be considered a strong comma. We want to use them sparingly. We only want to use them when the context calls for that special drama, that obvious interruption, or as I said, that introductory list or series. So a few examples of this might be the dilapidated truck shook and rumbled its way slowly up the hill dash. It must have been at least 30 years old. So when we have that abrupt shift or that dramatic thing that we need to emphasize, this is a good time for the dash. How about this? It was a desperate gamble dash. She stood little chance at winning dash, but she risked it anyway. Here we have the dash at the beginning of the phrase. She stood little chance at winning and at the end of the phrase. So again, you can use a dash or a pair of dashes to show this abrupt change in thought or this dramatic effect. 
So if the dramatic phrase or the strong pause needs to take place in the middle, we would go dash before and we would go dash after. Now it could be the list or series at the beginning. Suave, debonair, athletic, irreverent, dash. Sam is all of these. So when that list comes at the beginning, we can isolate it with the dash. So that is a few examples of how it might work. So now what we'll do is let's look at a couple questions and see how we might want to use this. All right. So we're going to go to a couple examples here, and I want to read through a ACT style question and I'm going to give you choices even. I know this is a little bit hard to do uh, listening to the podcast, but I think you'll get the idea. And then I can put these in the show notes as well for you or a way that you might be able to go look at it later. So here we go. The professional athlete, Dash, already infamous for his off-court antics, semicolon, made millions from his best-selling novel. Antics, semicolon, made millions is underlined. I'm going to read it one more time. The professional athlete, Dash, Already infamous for his off-court antics, semicolon, made millions from his best-selling novel. Choice A would be no change, as it always is in English. Now, we immediately have to be careful if we see a dash in the middle of the sentence, and the phrase it is isolating ends in the middle of the sentence. So that immediately implies to you that this might be a phrase that has a dash at the beginning and a dash at the end. And in this case, we know that that semicolon cannot work there because they are isolating the phrase, the beginning of it with a dash, and we know the end of it's going to need a dash. So I immediately know the semicolon is wrong there. They also uh, give you the choice on choice B here, the professional athlete dash already emphasis, infamous for his off-court antics who made millions from his best-selling novel. So here we know that this phrase really needs to be isolated. And so we know that one is wrong. And then we come to choice C and we see the professional athlete dash already infamous for his off-court antics dash made millions from his best-selling novel. So in this example, we are able to see that the interrupting phrase is set off by dashes at the beginning and at the end. And notice how I'm reading through each answer with the sentence. I love to do that. Um, I read the passage as I go. I've covered that uh, in previous episodes, why you need to read the passage you go. But notice that I'm reading each answer with the sentence. Now, if you see that it's obvious, you're just like, oh yeah, no, that one doesn't work. Then you can just mark it out and move on. I love marking it out as you go saying, okay, it's definitely not B because we want to use that reasoning technique of you don't necessarily need to look for the right answer. You can eliminate wrongs. But the ones that you consider, I want to at least read the whole sentence using it to see which works. So I'm going to read that pretty quickly. And then the last choice here, choice D, the professional athlete, Dash, already infamous for his off-court antics, which made him notorious, Dash, made millions from his best-selling novel, which made him notorious is not needed um, because he was already infamous and then he had a best-selling novel. So you would consider that to be redundant. If you read through them like that, it usually becomes pretty obvious and you're going to be in great shape. Now we could say, let's go with the introduction or the introductory list or series. 
That is question uh, two that I want to go over with you on this episode. Leopard prints, polka dots, fishnet hose. Some fashion trends are destined to be repeated. So here, hose is underlined um, between hose and some is underlined. And so the question is, if I'm starting the sentence with the introductory list, do I need a punctuation after it? No change would be no, no punctuation. The next one, it says, choice B, leopard prints, polka dots, fishnet hose are some fashion trends are destined to be repeated. That does not sound right. There's too many A-R-E-R's in there. Choice C, leopard prints, polka dots, fishnet hose, dash, some fashion trends are destined to be repeated. There is the dash isolating the list or series at the beginning and what comes after it, some fashion trends are destined to be repeated. That works by itself. That is a good sentence. The last choice, choice D, says leopard prints, polka dots, fishnet hose, semicolon. Consequently, comma, some fashion trends are destined to be repeated. Now here, the word consequently is being attempted to be used as a conjunctive adverb. A conjunctive adverb connects a complete sentence on the left and a complete sentence on the right. Well, the introductory phrase here, leopard prints, polka dots, fishnet, hose, semicolon. Yeah, that's not a complete sentence. And you, the only time a semicolon is going to work on an ACT, you will have a complete sentence on the left and a complete sentence on the right. So you cannot use the conjunctive adverb there. That does not work. And so the correct answer is C, leopard prints, polka dots, fishnet, hose, dash, some fashion trends are destined to be repeated. Now, in my prep book, I've got a lot of examples for that. I actually have, uh, uh, on, on all the lessons, what we do in here is we give you the rules and then examples, and then we have some exercises. And like on Dash here, uh, I have 10 different sentences of exercises. At the back of English, on each one of these, we go through these samples and we give you great explanations on why you got it right or why you got it wrong. You can like read the explanations to figure out why it's right or why it's wrong. On the five ACT model questions that use Dash, I just did the first two with you, then you can go back to the uh, end of English. And on those, we tell you why every wrong answer is wrong and every right answer is right. So it's a great way to practice and if you do it like that, then your practice is very effective. It's not just, oh, I missed it, and we move on. So you definitely want to uh, make sure you are effectively practicing for the ACT. Uh, that is a crucial issue. A lot of people, you know, you'll, you'll do that problem, and you'll be like, oh, man, I missed it. Okay, great, I tried it, and you move on. You don't accomplish anything if you do that. That's why you should listen to episode 33, podcast.chatcroker.com forward slash 33, how to effectively practice for the ACT. And listen to me talk to you about how to make sure you are analyzing your misses, you're studying your misses, and you know what you got right, what you got wrong, why you got those wrong. You definitely want to use the uh, explanations, all right? Can't be, oh yeah, I tried it, great, and you move on. That's not gonna work. Now on some of these, you may look at this dash question, you may read it and you may be like, immediately you're like, okay, I got it, here's the answer. And that is your first instinct coming forward. Now remember again, the technique that I used, I like to read the choices 
and not just read the choice, but I like to read the entire sentence using the choices. You got to do that quickly. You got to find a balance in that. And again, if you know it's obviously wrong, you don't have to spend too much time on that. But some of us get so tied into that first instinct of what we initially thought, we think we have to stick with that. So episode 44 is a great resource for that. How to find out if you're a first instinct test taker. You might want to listen to that one. Now, the punctuation, I've covered a lot of punctuation over the past episodes. I've done who and whom in episode 40. I did indefinite pronouns in episode 34. I did comma rules in episode 19. And there's a lot more, obviously, out there that I cover in the workshop. But it's crucial that you study that punctuation. I I tell students sometimes in the class, some of these punctuation episodes would be great to listen to the week of your ACT. Because if you hear me teach these again, it just helps reinforce, oh yeah, I know that. Okay, oh yeah, yeah, that's how you do that. And sometimes just a little bit of repetition can really help in making sure you know these rules. And here's the great thing. I have intentionally tried to keep these episodes pretty short. Like this one, for example, I've been recording 17 minutes. And so this is gonna be another short episode. And if you put the player at one and a half speed or even two X speed, you may not want me at two X speed, that may be too fast, but at one and a half speed or so, then what you find is you can listen to me teach this very quickly and get a good, you know, update, whatever, like refresher and can really help you on your ACTs. Now, if you want like the complete list of the things you must know, that's where you can go to testday.chadcargo.com and you can find that. My prep book is a great resource and you can get that on chadcargill.com. The books are 25 online and I'll also have them at workshops as well uh, if you want to order on uh, or just buy it at the workshops, uh, you can get it there. Now, it's gonna be crucial uh, with anything you do, again, that you practice. uh, As long as you're practicing and you're effectively practicing, uh, again, you'll be in great shape and you'll have great chances to get a lot of this stuff correct. So make sure that you do spend some time doing that. Well, if you're enjoying these episodes, please uh, take a moment to share it with somebody. Tell someone you're enjoying it. Tell someone why you're enjoying it, all that, um, and tell them where they can find it as well. I would love that, and that way uh, we can uh, get the word out to more people. I want to thank Charlie, left a review on Apple Podcasts. He said, very knowledgeable about the ACT and knows every nook and cranny about the test, and is very helpful. And so thank you so much, Charlie, for leaving that review. And to all of you who have taken a moment to click that five-star button, uh, I really appreciate that. And uh, if you enjoy it, leave a review as well on your Apple Podcasts or iTunes, and that would be much appreciated by me. All right, well, that'll do it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for taking time to listen. And you can find all my classes on calendar.chadcargill.com. I've got a couple weeks left, and then uh, it'll really wind down. There'll only be a few across the summer, and then we'll crank back up in August. So uh, get to one of those classes if you can. I've got a couple virtual classes coming up as well. Uh, that you may be able to join. But uh, anyway, so I hope you find time to get to that. All right. Well, you guys have a great last couple months of your semester here, and I hope you'll join again next week. I will talk to you again soon.